you would turn in your uh, Bibles with me to uh, Proverbs 31, uh, verse 8 and 9, and we'll read that together. Open your mouth for the speechless, and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Father, we pray that, uh, Lord, you would just open our eyes, open our hearts, Lord, Fill us with your spirit this day as we look into your word. Father, I pray that you would uh, protect my lips from speaking any error. In your son's precious name, amen. <clears throat> well, as we were singing that uh, last song, how appropriate, and I, I think Gary knew the, uh, uh, the text I was preaching as uh, they were picking the songs, but um, wow, um, just always blessed by... Uh, how the Lord orchestrates all things. <clears throat> so as we look at this text, and uh, we consider what it has for us, um, I just want to say at the beginning here that um, midwives, persecutions in North Korea and China that we prayed about, sex trafficking, there's a 16-year-old young man, a Christian young man in Pakistan that's facing blasphemy charges and perhaps um, death by hanging. These, these causes, I, I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm minimizing these causes as we look at this text. These causes are all injustices that need to be spoken against, that we need to open our mouths against, as Proverbs 31 tells us here. But I'm going to draw our attention specifically to the cause of our preborn neighbors and the voice that they don't have this morning. Now, some of you, I don't know, may be asking, well, why? Why is Jared addressing this now? Didn't uh, Roe get overturned? Isn't Roe being overturned? Didn't that make everything all right? Um, isn't the battle basically over? The battle is far from over, brothers and sisters. The seed of the serpent is still seeking to destroy the seed of the woman. It is far from over. It is still completely legal in all 50 states to murder babies in the womb. <clears throat> Again, wait a minute. Aren't there states that have no abortion clinics? There are. Oklahoma, Texas, to name a couple, there may be others, but they do not have abortion clinics or murder mills open any longer in their state. So isn't abortion outlawed there? The answer is no. Even in those states that have no abortion mills open, babies are still legally murdered every day. It's just done differently. In fact, I might even suggest that since the Dobbs decision and on June 24th, 2022, last year, that the situation in our state, specifically Nebraska, and the nation has gotten worse. <clears throat> For a season in Nebraska, because we have a 20-week ban, okay, we, we can kill babies up to 20 weeks. And there are other states that had 
abortion mills closed. There was a season last year where people, where Nebraska became a destination for killing babies. Not just people in Nebraska and Iowa, but people were coming from Missouri and Oklahoma and Texas because they could still have it done here. Now, technology has gotten much better in all areas. Unfortunately, in this area also, because it's easier and easier now to kill babies. Our USDA, our FDA, all of our uh, government acronyms that are out there are trying to make it easier and easier for people to access less barbaric ways of killing babies. Less, more humane ways that actually can be done under cover and in the privacy of homes. You know, babies aren't aborted at murder mills in some states, but they are still being murdered. It's just in the privacy of homes behind closed doors. <clears throat> you know, interestingly enough, sadly enough, when abortion mills are open, there are people who can go to them and do this very thing that God is commanding us here, to open our mouths and speak for the speechless. We could do that when the mills were open because they had to come there. They congregated there. It was an opportunity for us to to speak the truth to them. Well, now, since the pills can be obtained at QVC and Walgreens and CVS, um, it's, it's hard to find where people are doing it behind closed doors. And by God's providence, again, at the murder mills, counts were taken. We had an understanding of just how large this Holocaust is in our nation. But with the exponential growth, again, of the self-managed abortions and privacy of homes, people are able to hide better their sin and prevent the opportunity for us to speak out for these babies. Sadly, pro-life politicians are celebrating this and, and claiming victories. And praise God if he is stopping and saving lives because abortion clinics are gone. Praise God for that. But they're completely ignoring everything else that's happening. 54% of all abortions now take place via the pill, behind closed doors. And that's per Guttmacher, a pro-abortion group. Another problem with the closure of mills is it tends to take it out of sight for us as believers. As Christians, if we were engaged at the mills, it's there, it's a place to go. When those mills close, Christians can even tend to say, well, I'm going to sit back now because there's a victory there. Out of sight and out of mind. Again, there's a false narrative that is coming out in the media. Uh, Kevin Swanson did a show last Monday. And um, on, on that show, he, 
he shared his own statistics, his own calculations. Um, and he, he said that in his calculations, 82% of all babies conceived in the United States are now killed by the kill pill. His number was 1.6 million. The morning after pill or the plan B pill, 2.5 million. And the IUD, 12 million. Again, all under the guidance and permission of the USDA. Globally, 73 million babies are murdered surgically every year. Now, that's just over 16,500 in a two-hour period while we're here together. And the WHO says that the leading cause of death, and this is the WHO, uh, this is the World Health Organization, says the leading cause of death is abortion, followed by heart disease and third, cancer. The WHO also says three out of ten pregnancies worldwide end in induced abortion. Again, it is evident that those... I, I, I bring this to your attention simply so that we understand the cause that God is calling us to. Those who hate life love death. If you look at the, uh, your, your handout... The, uh, the pink one here that says no bands ever, no bands ever, no bands ever, no bands ever. Is there any question what the goal is there? This is from the Planned Parenthood of Nebraska. No bands ever. That's their goal. In just the last two weeks, in just the last two weeks, the things that have hit the news cycle, and, I, and, and I'm sure there was a lot more, but I just caught these. Uh, there was a golden goat-horned demonic idol that was put in place on the top of the New York City, uh, of a New York City courthouse, representing and honoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg for her championing of the abortion cause. Uh, Our Vice President Kamala Harris at a pro-choice rally speech down in Florida, I believe it was, intentionally left out the right to life Instead of saying the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, she said the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It was not unintentional. You have to have life before you can have the other two, but that's not the point here. Uh, Governor Whitmer of Wisconsin said, again, speaking about maintaining abortion freedom, that it's the right thing to do, and it's just good economics. Because states with extreme laws are losing talent and investment. 210 House members of the the U.S. Senate voted to deprive a baby who is born alive after a botched abortion any kind of life-saving care. 220 voted for it, 210 voted against it. Simply let the baby die on a cold metal table without care is how they cast their votes. The culture of death is not playing games. So what should we do about this? What do we do about this? This modern holocaust of abortion And as always, God gives us the answer. He gives us our marching orders. That's what Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 is here. Again, I am not minimizing any other 
cause that we could cry out about. I'm focusing on this particular one. Again, as we're looking at this, you know, chapter 31, we see that these are the words of King Lemuel. Okay? There are many different ideas about who King Lemuel is. I couldn't, in, in, in my own conscience, I couldn't say, well, this is it. I agree with here. But I'm not sure that that's the most important thing here. You know, some have said that this passage should only be reserved for kings because it's from a king speaking to kings. But I submit to you that God has given us this whole word that is profitable for us, right? That, that we may become complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Charles Bridges says of this text, he, he, he makes the statement or asks the question, why should we restrict these wise injunctions within the narrow limits of royalty? Again, I, I agree with uh, Bridges' thoughts here. I think we need to apply this uh, cross. And also I wonder, by God's grace, how many of you young men are being prepared to one day be godly magistrates? So there's all the reason that we should see this as applicable to us today and how we should live. But either way, we as believers are commanded here to open our mouths, speak against injustice and wrongdoing, and seek to set it right for those who are speechless and can't defend themselves. Again, this is, agrees with Isaiah 1.17. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And then Proverbs 24, 11, deliver those who are drawn towards death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. Now, Pastor Kaiser preached a message on, on um, Proverbs 24, 11, back in 2008. Uh, it, was, it was entitled, The Sanctity of Life and the Sin of Omission. So I encourage you, Go and review that sermon. It was, uh, it was very, very, very well done. And I greatly appreciated it for me. So again, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the speechless. In the cause of all who are appointed to die, open your mouth. Judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So as we look at this, we have our first instruction. It's open. Two times, open is the first word in both uh, verses there, and that's a command. So we must open what? Our mouth. We must speak. As we were singing this last song, it's like, well, how does it happen? How does his name go to all of the earth? We must tell people about it. There's a command here, and everything that comes after this command, open your mouth, tells us what it is that we're supposed to say. So if we're obeying this command and we're opening our mouths, the next question should be, well, what is supposed to come out of our mouths? Well, in the case of abortion holocaust, we're going to be opening our mouths and we're going to be speaking for those who are speechless among us. The preborn neighbors in the womb. You must open your mouths for your preborn neighbors who are speechless. 
And again, I, I want to make sure I am not minimizing all of the other areas in which you are called and you are speaking against injustices in this body. This is a very active church, and I am very thankful for that. So I do, do not want anyone to think I'm minimizing any other ministries. <clears throat> I'm simply bringing this particular perspective. Now, again, I, as I was wrestling through this myself, it occurred to me, I wanted to ask the question, you know, don't, don't raise your hands. How many of us homeschool? How many of us homeschool? You know, I know that we take very seriously the command in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way they should go. We take that seriously. But I had to ask myself, did I take seriously open my mouth for the speechless this week? I'm serious about the command to train up my children in the way they should go. But did I open my mouth for the speechless as God commands me this week? Have we spoken up for our preborn neighbors? Have we spoken up uh, for those who are sex trafficked? Have we spoken up for the persecuted? Or any other situation where people are speechless and appointed to death? I'd simply submit to you that the Lord has given us this command to open our mouth for the speechless, and we need to seek his will and how to do that because it is a command from our king. Now, the command, open your mouth, is the first instructional point. So the next is to consider the content, the words that we're to speak as we open our mouth for the speechless. And he goes on, he says, in the cause of all who are appointed to die. So first, we need to speak for the life of the image bearers of God who are appointed to die. And we'll be speaking to those Mothers and fathers and paid assassins who are willfully doing this. In the case of abortion, these tiny little image bearers deserve at least to be protected so that they're not murdered with impunity, so that they're not murdered under the protection of law. You know, this is the only case that uh, our, our law code allows for murder and protects all those involved except seeking justice for the one that was murdered. In fact, in Nebraska, if a mother who is pregnant is murdered and the baby also dies, it's a double homicide. As long as there's a choice involved, so these speechless babies should be allowed to live, not murdered, under the protection of law. Verse 9, again, after it also tells us, open up your mouth, it tells us to judge, you know, which means to vindicate or to defend someone. So, we're to, so for the speechless, it is to speak up for their protection and to defend their right to life here. Then we see that we're not just to judge, but judge righteously, which points us to the standard for judging, okay? God's law, we know, God's standard of justice and righteousness is what we are to be judging by. This isn't our own interpretation. This isn't our own thoughts or emotions. This is not man's 
law. This is God's law, his standard. We're not to judge according to man's standard, but according to the perfect law of the Lord, his rule for justice that's revealed in the scriptures. And then it continues on and it says, plead the cause. That's literally a little interpretation that means to plead the cause. Plead the cause of someone who needs their cause pled. It's an imperative verb. In the Hebrew, it means exactly that. It means to contend for their rights. Fight for the rights of the poor and needy. So you have to open your mouth, and the content that should come out of our mouth is righteous judgment and treatment of those who are poor and needy for those who cannot speak for themselves. So some examples from Scripture of people who opened their mouths judged righteously to plead the cause of the poor and needy. You have Jonathan, who opened his mouth for David in 1 Samuel 20. You know, when Jonathan's father, King Saul, sought to kill David, Jonathan opened his mouth. Esther opened her mouth in Esther chapter 5 when Haman planned to kill Mordecai and all the rest of the people of God. Abed-Melech in Jeremiah chapter 38 opened his mouth so that the prophet Jeremiah would be saved from an unjust death. In Acts 23, the apostle Paul's nephew opens his mouth when he figures out the plot by the Jews to murder Paul. So David was delivered by Jonathan opening his mouth. The people of God were spared by Esther opening her mouth. Jeremiah rescued by Ebed-Melech's opening of his mouth, and Paul was saved by his nephew opening his mouth. So it may be for your and my preborn neighbors in the womb, we must open our mouths and speak for their rights, as all of these examples in Scripture do. The third piece entitled Disobedience here, I struggled with... with um, with what to title this. But in these cases, if if this command was not obeyed or was ignored, if, if the mouths were not opened and pled the cause to defend and protect, if Jonathan had not opened his mouth for David, even in defiance of his earthly father and king, for David, who was appointed to die. You know, what about the people of God if Esther had not opened her mouth, risking her life in the process? You know, Jeremiah, if Ebed-Melech had not gone to the king and told him what was going on and then sought to save Jeremiah. And Paul's nephew, if he had not opened his mouth, if he had kept the plot silent, don't want to ruffle feathers... What will happen to our preborn neighbors in the womb if, who have no voice if we will not open our mouths as the Lord commands and be their voice? If you and I do not open our mouths in the here and now, those who can't speak for themselves, they won't speak. They won't be able to speak up for others. Unless the grace of God intervenes in some fashion, they will never be able to open their mouths for others. 
This is the clear command of God in Proverbs 31, 8, and 9. And this is my encouragement to you to seek the Lord and how he would use you in opening your mouth in everyday life. Ask yourself, how can I obey Proverbs 38 and 9? Don't just head off and seek to do it in your own strength. It does not work. It does not work. That's not how God has given us. He's given us the strength through his spirit. So submit this request to the Lord and go forth in faith in the power of the Holy Spirit as you are led. Now I want to jump in here on some objections. I think that's the next title I have here. Some possible objections, maybe fears, reservations, doubts. You could use any of those words. Um, And I know these exist because I've asked them of myself. I've talked with people about these reservations. So you're not alone if you have these reservations. Number one, I don't know enough to talk about abortion and how to end it. Okay? That is a a common thing. It is uh, one, again, that I struggled with for a long time, trying to understand what, uh, what, what should I do? What could I do? And then when you go out and you do it in your own strength and you fail and you get to come back and you do it all again. <clears throat> Don't listen to the lies of the enemy on this. That's, that's the first encouragement here. Do not listen to the lies of the enemy. When you obey and you gird up and you engage in this battle, you will face great opposition from the enemy. He doesn't want you engaged in this. Those who love death hate life, and they hate the message of life that you will be bringing when you open your mouth. This, as with everything, again, in the Christian life, must be fought through the strength of the Spirit. So you might think, to circle back around to this, I don't really know enough to speak about abortion to others. So, Do we know the sixth commandment is the first question? Thou shalt not murder. Start with that. Start with that. That is not a message that the vast majority of people have ever heard. That's not what's communicated to them. So start with that. God has given us that very clear message. You shall not murder is the right message for anyone that you're speaking to in this case. Wherever you are, there's a good place to start. Okay, so now that you've started, now what? Okay, so I still don't have the understanding. I still don't know exactly how to go about this. Well, I can tell you there are hundreds and hundreds of resources If you like podcasts, you could listen to podcasts for the next 10 years and probably not exhaust the volume that's out there. Books, tapes, audios, Pastor Kaiser's sermon from a few years ago. Um, There are so many opportunities to, to listen and learn. And again, as you're engaging in this battle, simply say we have to start out in faith and let the Lord lead you and equip you in what to share. 
Because ultimately you're sharing Christ before men. And the Holy Spirit is going to equip you and lead you in doing so. So the truth is, we wouldn't take, I just want to think about this. We wouldn't take an excuse like this from our children. I wouldn't take an excuse like this from my child, from my sons. Well, I just don't know, Dad. Get busy and figure it out. It says do it. Obey. Number two. I am not an eloquent or winsome speaker. I would encourage you in this and say that's likely a good thing. You don't need eloquence and you don't need winsomeness. When we don't have a lot of words to say, it's easy not to say the wrong thing. Okay? I've been in enough meetings that uh, the guy that is quiet is probably the one that you need to listen to. He's probably got a good answer. Everybody else that's talking is lobbying for a position. You don't need to be eloquent or winsome in this. Again, the principle, KISS. I don't know if you've ever heard the KISS principle, but keep it super simple. I think there's other ones out there. I'm, I'm, I'm using that one. <laughs> I prefer that variation. <laughs> but ultimately, get to the point, it's not a complex issue. Again, we talked about the sixth commandment is clear. Thou shalt not murder. The plain truth in simple words is what this culture of death needs. They don't need a lot of words. If you're standing outside the mill, you don't have time for a lot of words. They need the simple truth, the plain truth and simple words. You know, Moses wasn't an eloquent speaker, and God sent him a helper in Aaron, right? Praise God. Well, do we have a helper? We have the helper. The Holy Spirit, and he, who were, and he is the one who works in the hearts of men, not us. Open our mouths, as we're commanded here. So don't let being eloquent, or excuse me, don't let not being eloquent or winsome get in the way. Again, sometimes it actually gets in the way. Remember Psalm 28.7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. So number three, I am fearful of what others will think of me. I know none of us have ever thought that again these are the fears and the doubts that i have wrestled with um, and probably one of the biggest reasons that keeps us from engaging in any kind of battle what will people think of me what will others think of me again being caught in the trap of the fear of man when we're ensnared in this it's because we are not being wise we tend to fear what our family will think. What will our friends think? What will professing Christians think about me in this? What will unbelievers think of me? What will my pastor think of me? Not in this church, that's different. Our pastors will support us in this greatly as they have me. Brothers and sisters, the only way you're going to repent of the fear of man 
and actually open your mouth for those who so desperately need it is if you care far more about what Christ thinks about you than what you think, than what men think about you. You have to care what the Lord Jesus thinks about you, and if you do, then obedience will become easy. And you won't care what people think about you. And we live in an age <laughs> when to simply believe what the Bible says, you're considered an extremist. Right? Praise the Lord for all of you God-fearing, Bible-believing brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord for that. Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Brothers and sisters, let us serve Christ and obey what he tells us. Number four, I'm concerned of what it might cost me. Frankly, it could cost you a lot. You could lose your job, be imprisoned, be beaten, killed for opening your mouth. There are many stories, even recently, of vandalisms, threats of life. There was even an elderly woman that was shot in the back. I don't remember where it was, but for, share, or for uh, circulating a petition, she was shot for opening her mouth for the preborn neighbors. So I'd humbly ask you before the Lord, is there anything good the world can take from you that your Father in heaven will not repay? Is there any cost too great to pay for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? Martin Luther, in this respect, when he was threatened with death for standing firm on the word of God, he told his accusers, chop my head off. You cannot harm me. My God will give me a new one. At the end of the service, we're going to sing a, a song based on Psalm 46, A Mighty Fortress. And the last verse in that song ends with, Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Many of you probably know Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, he opened his mouth during the uh, Nazi occupation for the Jews and it cost him his life. You know, something I think is worth mentioning is he also equally opened his mouth against abortion as well. He spoke about, he opened his mouth against both of those injustices during his life. His last recorded words were, this is the end for me, the beginning of life. To bring it closer to home, I know of two cases right now in Nebraska where people were seeking in David City, Nebraska, a small community, and in Curtis, Nebraska, a small community, were seeking to have, uh, circulate petitions for sanctuary cities for the unborn. And both of these people lost their jobs because of it. But know that the Lord promises to bless our obedience, right? So it may cost us, but the Lord will bless us. Number five, I get confused and easily trip over my words. 
I just get tongue-tied. It's been said that God can draw straight lines with extremely crooked sticks. And that includes you and me. The command is open your mouth for the speechless and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Right? It's, it doesn't give us qualifications on how, how uh, much we say or how... Um, it, it gives us instruction on what to say, but we don't need to worry about getting tongue-tied in this. We simply need to open our mouths. We need to lean into Christ and open our mouths. You know, Christ doesn't smile upon the gifts and the abilities that he himself has given you so much as he smiles upon humility and glad-hearted obedience. You will never improve at opening your mouths by refraining from opening your mouths. Ask God to enable you to obey and trust that the Holy Spirit will be at work in you and in those that you talk to. Trust in the God who raises the dead. Trust that God the Spirit will remind you of the passages of Scripture when you need them. When Charles Spurgeon would rise uh, to the pulpit and preach, he was known as the Prince of Preachers. At least someone gave him that title. I doubt that he gave it to himself. But when he would rise up and walk up the steps to the pulpit, he would say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. He knew that he was nothing more than a tool in the hands of the Lord. And frankly, if the Lord can speak through Balaam's donkey... He can certainly speak through us. Brothers and sisters, pray that God would give you light and wisdom in how you need to open your mouth for the speechless. You know, we're living in a time where people, again, Joel prayed uh, about Isabella Spruce and uh, another man now in Great Britain, Adam Smith Connor, who have been arrested for silently praying outside the abortion mills in Great Britain. For, for too long now, we have not obeyed this clear command, and we have not spoken. We have not cried out for these. For my entire lifetime, for my entire lifetime, I was born on April 25th, so I missed, I could have been aborted. Two months it had been legalized by the Supreme Court. For too long, we have not obeyed this clear command. And for my entire lifetime, babies have been murdered under the cover of law. And a lot of people my age. Our land is covered with innocent blood. We must repent and preach the gospel to the lost and the dying in this world for the glory of Christ. We will not see an end to abortion in our land without the grace of God we must turn back to him and seek to obey his law and disciple the nations as he has sent us out to do. And this requires that we open our mouths. One fundamental truth that uh, all of this is built upon. The Lord Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. He is king. And so when we speak... We need to speak as if he is king. As Christ being the great in, begins the Great Commission, he says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to 
me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Christ commands believers, us, to make disciples of all nations, teaching them, training them to observe all that he has commanded. And he promises to be with us all the days. And that's the foundation right here. He says that all authority on heaven and earth is his. Abraham Kuyper said it this way. He says, there is not one square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Open your mouth as if Christ is actually on his throne because he is. Christ is not campaigning. Christ is conquering the nations through the preaching of his gospel. Christ is not the hopeful incumbent seeking re-election. Christ is the king forever, once crucified, now resurrected, ruling and reigning. So obey these commands like Christ is your king. When we open our mouths and speak the truth with Christ as king of all, the message will not return void. It will be blessed. Now, very quickly, a few points of application. As you go, if the Lord leads you to go to the abortion clinics, to the murder mills, and you open your mouth, we need to act like Christ is king at that moment when we open our mouths. He is not a puny pleader. Like he's just hoping that somebody's going to listen. Christ is not only king of the Christians, he's king of the heathens as well, though they have not submitted to his merciful rule yet. The Father says to the Son in Psalm 110:2, rule in the midst of your enemies. Christ is ruling and reigning now. He is the king, and everyone has to deal with him, even those who won't submit to him. So as you go, proclaim the gospel, knowing that Christ is king. Pray for the Hartfords. They've been doing this mill ministry a long time. John Mays did it for a long season. Many of you have gone to the mills. I, I, I am sure I'm going to miss people, but pray for those who go to the mill. Pray for them. It is a, it is a hard uh, place to stand and proclaim the truth. The Bellevue Mill, there's um, a lot of people there. The, as we go monthly to pray outside the mill, come alongside these laborers and pray for them and join them. Number two, open your mouth like Christ is King in the public places, in the marketplace, you know, where, where people are congregating. You know, Paul did that. Um, he didn't reserve the truth for the church or for homeschool groups. He was in Athens on Mars Hill in the midst of a bunch of people who wouldn't submit to Christ. And he says, God commands all people everywhere to repent, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers, we have to open our mouths and encounter. And as we encounter people, as we run into people who say that the baby in the womb is not a baby, you have science. You have scripture, change that around. You have scripture, <laughs> then you have science, and then you have plain common sense. 
There are babies in the womb in this room right now. And I, you cannot look at these beautiful women who are glowing and say that that is not a baby in the womb. If people say that to you, they're either uninformed, so teach them. Deceptive, rebuke them. Or they're insane. They all need to hear the gospel and the truth that you can bring them. Uh, Michael Elliott and Bill Crilly do this much uh, on the public square here, and I know that there's been young men going with them. And it, Again, um, I'm not trying to miss people, but please be in prayer for, these, uh, for those uh, who are laboring in that way. Third, open your mouth for the magistrates. Like Christ is king, we prayed for Aaron Hess today. Um, that's a, a difficult thing, but they need to hear, these magistrates need to hear that God has ordained that they be in that position, that they are his ministers for good. They need to know that they have a master, that they also have a king, and that he has put them there, and they have the only authority they have is any that he's given them. So they need to understand that. We need to speak to them respectfully, but with confidence as Christ is their authority. Vody Bauckham stated it plainly. He said, God's not running for God. So in the magistrates, in the area of the magistrates, they simply need to hear the truth as well. A lot of them have never heard it. A lot of them are not convicted by it. So they need to hear it as well. Again, we don't want to neglect this city, local, county, and state. Do not, uh, don't neglect those local people. They need to hear it as well. Uh, Ray Simmons has uh, created a great resource to share with um, the magistrates in Iowa. And um, when he finishes that, I plan on incorporating it into the state of Nebraska as well. But a great resource um, if you'd like to have some guidance on how to speak to them. It's very clear. Fourth, open your mouth like Christ is king in the media. You know, <laughs> we need to make use of social media. I can't believe I said that. The apostles made use of the media that they had at that time. They wrote letters. They didn't wait for face-to-face -face conversations always. They wrote letters so that they could be uh, put out there so that it could be duplicated, so that it could be spread out. You know, Paul and Peter and the other apostles, when they needed to communicate, they used what they had media. And by God's providence, we've got so much more opportunity to put information out there, to put the truth out there through the social media platforms. You know, I, I realize that many of you may really dislike it. I resemble that. I understand it. Um, but this is an area that we can share the truth of Christ in a, in a multiplication of efforts. Uh, a young man asked me recently, he's had a job change. He was, he was faithfully going to the mills. But he's like, I can't go to the mills anymore because of what's happened with my job. So what can I do now? Well, this was an area that was uh, an easy one to encourage. Consider social media. <clears throat> Open your mouth, however the Lord leads you, for the cause for those who are speechless. 
Fifth, open your mouth of Christ is king to fellow members of Christ. You know, children of God, we, we need to speak to our brothers and sisters as well. Um, we need to open our mouths and to those who profess to be Christians because they will delight in hearing the commands of their king. If they are true Christians, they will want to obey. They will love to obey. They will seek to know what the commands of their king is, who lived and died, arose and ascended for their salvation. They will want to serve him. So we need to share, we need to open our mouths to them about these truths as well. The sad truth is, and the statistics show that 40% of people who go to church regularly procure abortions. 52% claim to be Christians who get abortions. We need to be speaking to those who profess Christ about these truths. This past week, uh, I w- we were having a good conversation with uh, a brother from the Nebraska Family Alliance. And um, he quoted St. Augustine. He said, The truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose. It will defend itself. That's a, I, I like that quote. In fact, I thought, man, that's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow that. The sad reality is the truth that he was stating leaves a person thinking that babies aren't valuable until you can hear a heartbeat. It leaves people thinking that mothers are not punishable for murdering their babies, that physicians should just simply have their licenses removed if they do this. That truth is not what Augustine was talking about. That truth needs to be put down. That lion is a cowardly lion and should be killed. Open our mouths. We need to tell our brothers and sisters in Christ the truth about what this is. Lastly, I want you to consider Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, because it should remind us that the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. You know, Christ became silent for you, believer. Christ opened not his mouth on his way to the cross. He didn't open his mouth and defend himself. From Isaiah 53 that Daniel uh, walked through the communion meditation last week, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. For you, Christian, for your sins, because you were appointed to die on account of your sin. Yet Christ traded places with you on the cross and took the destruction that you deserve. Christ saw us in our miserable state. He said, those people need someone to speak up for them. If they can't speak up and defend themselves, look how poor and needy they are. So Christ said, I will become poor and needy to redeem 
sinners like you. But he didn't stay dead. Amen? He didn't stay silent either. Christ is now risen from the dead, ascended to heaven, and Christ opens his mouth for you in heaven. Believers, Christ opens his mouth as your high priest at the right hand of God. He is our advocate. He is our high priest. He is our mighty fortress. Look to Christ in faith who opens his mouth in your defense in heaven. And you, if you look to him in faith, you'll have all the motivation you need to open your mouth for your preborn neighbors. As we close, I just want to say this. Chris, Christ will have victory over abortion. Psalm 22, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before you for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over all the nations. For the Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Zephaniah 2.11, the Lord will be awesome to them for he will reduce to nothing all the gods of the earth. People shall worship him each one from his place, indeed all shores of the nations. Revelation 8, or excuse me, eleven fifteen. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Well, Father in heaven, we ask, Lord, that you would help us by your grace, Lord, to convict us of our sin, to grant us repentance, Lord, in the ways that we need to repent. Lord, that you would guide us in opening our mouths for the speechless, that you would encourage us to not grow weary, Lord, in doing good. Lord, help us to crucify any excuses that we may have for, opening, for not opening our mouths. And Lord, that we would see abortion abolished in Nebraska, in Iowa, in every state in this union, Lord, and that it would be abolished in this entire world. If you would please, Lord, if it would please you to use us in any way, we'd simply ask that you do it. We know that we can accomplish nothing except through your grace and your mercy. And so, Lord, we thank you. And for your glory, Lord, we ask that you strengthen us in this battle in the name of Christ. Amen.